the turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Happy Memorial Day. A good holiday to play golf? Nay. Nick and I share our top three holidays for getting out there and swinging the sticks. Nick, did today make the cut for you? No. It was it was a miscut by my list. It might have even been a WD. I don't, I don't think Memorial Day even teed it up on my list. DQ for me. It's not going to mm-hmm. be there. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we get to anything else, please stop what you're doing. Maybe even pause the podcast if you need to. It's time to rate and review At The Turn on Apple Podcasts. Do it on Spotify as well, Nick. Our Spotify numbers are shooting through the roof. I don't know why, but it's happening. Leave your review for who will win the U.S. Women's Open in July at Pebble Beach. It's a lot closer than I thought it was until Memorial Day got here. The calendar is scaring me now. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Spotify. Leave a review with who you think is going to win the U.S. Women's Open. If you put Corda and no other information, not only will it not count, we're going to find a way to block you from listening to the podcast. In the future, we don't want you listening to this show. Is that too harsh, Nick? That feels right to me. It feels right. It feels right. We have canceled the Gur report henceforth, but don't worry, T-Box Coffee. It is being replaced by the Handicap Report, brought to you by T-Box Coffee. Get your cold brew from T-Box. Use promo code TURN15 at checkout to get incredible savings. It's time for the Handicap Report. And Nick, I'm going to start with myself. Something happened. I went to Mm. Central Oregon, pretended I was not almost 40. My body, I think, several days later is still recovering. But my Handicap... I'm now at a 10.0. That is my handicap. That is the handicap report for Joe Simons. A clean 10.0. I'm a double-digit handicap, Nick. I'm with you. We're brethren. I I don't even know. This is going to take a while to sink in. I thought thought that since you put this in the rundown, you had like two low rounds in the low 70s, dropped, dropped a couple strokes off, got back to your comfort zone in like the hovering around the five range. This is a Joe I've I've never met before. I tricked you. Double digit Joe. You, you did now. Trick me. <clears throat> now what I'm what I'm really hoping happens. I'm setting myself up for this scenario, which I've thought about, and I'll think about a lot on the six hour drive to the Palouse coming up very soon in just a couple of weeks. Too, too soon. I cannot wait for us to win the silver division by seven or eight shots. Be accused of sandbagging. I hope I play so good that I get accused of sandbagging, and all I'm going to do is drunkenly scream at people to like and subscribe to our podcast where I've detailed my very, very rough 2023. And they'll know that all I want is my handicap to be as low as possible. Sandbagging for a tournament. I don't give a shit about winning the corner club open. If I did, I wouldn't get drunk both days that we played the tournament. All I'm concerned with is my handicap being as low as humanly possible. And right now I'm at a 10.0. That's where I am. I, I was thinking to myself as well, the, the more times we can get accused of being sandbaggers, the better the week is going for us. That's, yes. that's that, At this point, I'm giving up hope on getting a low handicap by that tournament. So the best case scenario is, is playing well that weekend and being accused of being sandbaggers. That's the only saving grace that we have. 
you're right. We're going to, there's, there's no other way around it. We're going to be in the silver division, if not the bronze division. Let's go bronze. <laughs> and Let's and go. we are going to be, I, hopefully, big fish in a small competitive pond that we can compete in. Now, we talk about this tournament a lot. Basically, the format is best ball first day. You gamble in between the two rounds for what's going to happen the second day, which is a scramble. So if we, if you were to purchase a team that shit the bed on the first day, but won the scramble on the second day in your division, you would get the lion's share of the pool. These teams go from anywhere to, from 50 to $600 in some case, if you spend too much for your, for your own team, <laughs> we're not doing that this year. But presumably in the best ball, we could shit the bed and still convince ourselves that we're going to win the scramble. And then we'd go for a very <clears throat> low rate. There's a lot of scenarios in play. None of them involve me shooting a good score, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, not to get too much into the corner club open. Maybe we'll preview it. La- Maybe we'll preview it later. I don't know. Probably Nick, not. This is all we're going to talk about for the next three weeks on this podcast. I don't think I'm going to be a very good best ball or scramble partner. Well, how is that possible? <laughs> so what just, are you, so why are you just, there? <laughs> I just like my my vibes. The best my game would be is just like making a bunch of fives. And that's not really going to help. Like missing greens, maybe <laughs> maybe chipping it close and maybe rolling in like an eight to 12 footer. Like that's not really, that's not really productive in a best ball or, or a scramble. You started out. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to hit the green regulation. And then from there, it's anybody's guess what happens. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I've bared my soul. What's going on with your handicap? My handicap started this year at a, at a clean 18.0. And I Mm. had, I had a lot of high hopes of knocking it down into my uncharted territory into the mid teens. I had like six rounds free where I could play and shoot a low score without, without any scores coming off. I haven't posted a single score this year that has been counted in my handicap. And now uh, I'm in the territory. Like my next six rounds are all going to knock off like, like average scores that are keeping me at a 22. I don't know what's going on, Joe. This is, this is so bad. Um, <laughs> I have, however, started playing the tips at country view because I get four strokes like on the handicap differential. Mm. I have to shoot like, like it's rated 64 from the, the whites in, in 69, 68.9 from the blues. So I'm just playing the tips to get those four strokes. Yeah. Maybe it's helping. I don't know. It's, it's, we're, we're it's on helping. a slippery slope right now. If, it's if I don't, if I don't start shooting rounds in the mid eighties, which doesn't look like I'm going to, <laughs> this thing's going to get up even higher. So wait, what is it right now? I, I got distracted. 22.0. I'm sorry. It's 22.0. Okay. So we're, we're going in at least right now with a clean 10 and a clean 22. That's, I mean, that's some bronze shit. There's no way we're slipping into the silver division with those numbers. Stay tuned. <laughs> I mean, my problem is I think I'm playing too much. I played 17 times during posting season, Nick, and I have a six-stroke difference between my highest and my lowest score. I'm just going out there and doing the same goddamn thing every time I play. Mediocre golf. Yeah. And that has been your handicap report brought to you by T-Box Coffee. Use promo code TURN15 at checkout for incredible savings off caffeinated beverages. Okay. Thanks a lot, Joe. Now, every time I'm standing over a golf shot trying to execute the great mental game that we learned in our last episode, which was an all-time at the turn episode, if you haven't listened to it, all I'm going to be thinking about is discussing with you why my handicap is going up when I'm standing over these shots. Like I, I should be having a clear mind, but now I've got the handicap report weighing me down, but it's no big deal. I do it for the, by the way, 
John John followed up via email and he asked how the uh, the mental stuff was working and I was like, well, I've only used it for a few rounds and I think it's helping even though I'm not seeing the results and scores. And he said, just stick with it. So we yeah. got to stick with it. We're in our infancy of trying to reshape our minds and how we play golf. It's true. I, I did keep a mental scorecard when I played and like I thought I was like committed to all these shots like pretty much every time and I, did, I didn't see the difference in my scores. Maybe I maybe what my perception is way different than reality. And I just have no idea how to actually visualize a shot or be committed to it. Um, I, I don't know. We're, we're still working on it. Let's, let's work on that. When we get to the Palouse, are we going to play a practice round? Are we going to have a chance to play on Friday? I, I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't, I'll, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I'll text Romy. I'm, I'm texting Romy. Text Ashley. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. Is she going to be my partner, by the way? What's her handicap right now? Uh, she doesn't keep one, but she threatens me every time to play. Every time I play golf, if I don't lower my handicap, that that somehow it means that I'm I'm booted from the corner club open, and she's replacing me. I love that she's threatening to replace you with the corner club open. She does not want that to happen. She does no, not want that to happen. She does not want that. As I mentioned, I uh, came back from Central Oregon, uh, went with some buddies. I'm just I'm not going to go over the trip in in totality. I just wanted to give one tip to the listeners, as Central Oregon is quickly becoming a hotbed of golf. You got Bandon down on the Southern Oregon coast. You got Central Oregon, which just has so many spectacular courses. One that flies under the radar that we really love. I want to I recommend to you folks. It's called Quail Run. It's in Lapine, which is about 30 minutes south of Bend. If you're staying in Sun River Resort, it's 15 minutes south of that. Very fun course. Quirky layout. It's not very long. The best goddamn tuna melt I've ever had in my life. We went there last year. I've been talking about this tuna melt for a year straight. The first thing I did when I got to the clubhouse was I went to the restaurant and bar and I said, do you still have tuna melts? They said, yes. My buddies told me they were referring to me as tuna melt guy, which is really (laughs) all I wanted over the course of a year. I called on the ninth tee box. I said, we need four tuna melts. We slammed them. Everyone was very, very happy. It's a great hidden gem. It's wildly affordable. We think we played for under 90 bucks with a cart, which in Central Oregon is incredible value. The other golf courses that we played were not in good shape because of how much snow they got. Quail Run did it right. The greens were running spectacular. So again, Quail Run in Lapine, Oregon. If you're going to Central Oregon, if you're staying at Sun River Resort, it's only 15 minutes away. It's worth the drive. Big recommendation to the patrons out there. Nick, do you mark your golf balls like a little Sharpie mark? Uh, usually I, I keep, I keep a set of Sharpies in my bag. And, a whole set? Um, yeah, I think I got three colors. I mean, really, I just, um, I knew that if I put them in the drawer at home and only put one in my bag, the other ones would disappear within like a week. Of so I, I hoarded them all. I just put one in the drawer for the family communal Sharpie, which is, which is gone. And uh, I hoarded the rest of my golf bag. So yeah, I, I, I tend to mark them, even though. I don't usually play with other people. Nobody else is usually playing at the turn logoed golf balls. Um, but I, I still mark them. Uh, sometimes I, it helps me know which one is my provisional and in, in, uh, my, <laughs> my original ball. It's just a good habit to get into. It is a good habit to get into. What is what is the mark that you usually go with when you mark it? Usually just a dot, like fill in a dimple. Um, mm. And if I'm playing, like if I, if I pull out a sleeve of ones, I'll, I'll mark the dot in three different spots. So I know like which, like I said, which one's my provisional or, or whatever. I've got a small green Sharpie that is Titleist branded. And so what I do is I actually cross out the name of the golf ball, because in my mind, I think 
perhaps someone is interpreting that as like a range ball or a used ball. So if I hit it in the wrong fairway, which has been known to happen every now and then, someone is less inclined to pick it up if they see a green markout of the logo. I don't know if this has actually worked, but it's what I do. And I like getting a box of balls and going through this ritual. I think it makes it feel more fun, makes it feel more official. I think everyone should have like their own deal that they do on it. Like I see people like draw hearts, do like a dimple pattern, like you said, but you're a, you're a one daughter. That's what works for Nick. Yeah. I just keep it simple. And that's a <clears throat> interesting story. So the last time I played, I smashed a drive and it, it was, it was, it was out there, you know, for me, maybe like 275, but it was two fairways left. So it was on the left side of the fairway to the left of me. Um, I still had a good look at the green. So it was on the first, I'm playing the ninth hole. It was in the, the left side of the first fairway. And a group comes up. It's like maybe 50 yards off the first tee box. And this guy is, I see exactly where my ball is. And I see him stop in the cart, pick it up, look at it and grab it. And I was still like close to 200 yards away, like really, really far away. But I was like watching this whole thing. And I, and I gave him a, a, a yell. And I meant to be like, hey. yeah, I meant to be like, hey, but it came out. Hey, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like. I'm at my last straw. And if you pick up this ball, it's not going to end well for any of us. And like, I totally was like, it came out wrong. But at the same time, number one, he picked up my ball, which clearly he knew wasn't his. Second of all, I was 200 yards away and I didn't want to risk like it not being loud enough. And it, I really didn't care because even though I came off sounding like a jerk, he was the real person breaking, breaking the uh, golf etiquette law in that situation. Man, you guys, I'm... I'm worried that you're going to come on here one day and you're going to explain how you snapped on the golf course just because you're dealing with all these Northeast assholes and not everyone in the Northeast is an asshole, but there's a more direct way of speaking out there than there is in the Pacific Northwest or probably any part of the country. And I just worry that one day you're just going to get the wrong guy and, 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 and that's going to be it. I don't think so. I actually... I think I keep it pretty cool on the course. You do, but even if you even if you picked up my my ball and, and drove off, like I would just put one down right there. I saw exactly where it was. I was I was beelining for that spot, so I would just been like, you know what, <laughs> enjoy that, enjoy that free marketing uh, for our brand, and uh, you know you can listen about yourself here in another week. Now, of course, Piper Golf Ball is the preferred golf ball of this podcast, but it used to be Vice, and we got sent some free golf balls. And I opted for the Portland Trailblazers logo on it, the pinwheel. Very distinguished, noticeable mm. thing <clears throat> on the golf ball. So I hit one in the other fairway one time, and I was walking up to my ball, and I could see the Blazer logo looking at me from like 15 yards away. And these people are approaching their balls in the fairway, and a guy is just like, hey, that's not your ball. And I looked him dead in the eye, and I said, are you playing a vice with a Portland Trailblazers logo on it? <laughs> <laughs> and he said no and I said well I am so that one's mine and he just walked away <laughs> I was ready to lose it on this guy yeah. I don't think I was playing that bad but it's like buddy I know this is my golf ball there's several markings on this that right. you don't have on yours I can't stand people now kids, I am getting worked up <laughs> see I know it's just it's simmering kids mark your golf balls before we get into the holidays discussion I need to call out a course in the Portland area Nick's played 36 holes there in one day that just continues to do it right. The marketing, the way they take care of it, the way it drains, how they treat their people, everyone in the clubhouse. I can't recommend this place enough. The price, the secret's out. Everyone knows about Wildwood. It's north of North Portland, heading towards St. Helens. 
I live in Southeast Portland. It's probably a 40 minute drive. I got an email and I was not going to play golf this weekend, but I'm playing on Sunday with my boys because I got an email from Wildwood that says, come out on Memorial Day weekend. We're doing 10 minutes between tea times versus nine minutes between tea times. And Nick, I was in a very boring meeting at work yesterday, so I did the math because I thought to myself, all right, what does that actually do? How much money are they sacrificing? How many tea times are being removed throughout the course of a day by eliminating, by, excuse me, by adding one minute to every tea time? Eight tea times. They're eliminating eight tea times throughout the course of a day. So if you were to say they start at 6 a.m., they stop letting people tea off about 6 p.m., eight full tea times they're eliminating. I'm curious to see what this does, because frankly, Wildwood plays pretty fast anyway. I rarely have a four-plus-hour round out there. I just I, I just love this because courses don't do this type of shit. They would not sacrifice revenue for the betterment of the golfing experience, and I just got to give Wildwood credit. I think this is incredible. It was so short-sighted because those eight rounds have to come from somewhere, right? So <clears throat> if you cram eight extra rounds in there, you might get more money in the till, but that's eight groups at the end of the day who aren't going to finish their round right. because they tee off at six and the course is so jammed and so backed up because you've been cramming them out there like sardines for 12 hours that they're going to have to walk off disappointed, frustrated and come into your pro shop at like right as the sun is going down and being like, what am I going to do with these last three holes? I couldn't finish because it's been a five hour round and I want my money back. Like I, I had a, I had a career best going and now I can't finish. So it's, it's yes. It's less money in, but ultimately, it's not like they have a choice between like just A and B. It's like those rounds are coming from somewhere. It's eight right. groups. Like it's still the same amount of daylight in a day, and you're still gonna have people putting as the sun goes down. So, so like figure out what's happening in between. You're right. Not enough courses do this during. Like one of the first restrictions of COVID to be lifted was you could play golf, but there had to be ten or twelve or fifteen minute tee time right. intervals, and they found that like oh, pace of play is faster enough that we're actually not losing revenue because right. because people are playing quicker. So they're getting off the course quicker. Um, so I'm glad they're doing this. Hopefully it catches on the place I play. I know I've talked about how much I love it a lot, but one of the things they do do is eight-minute tee times, which That's rough. Is, is too much. 10 to 12 is, is ideal. 15 is, you know, <clears throat> you probably lose money if you're to the course at 15, but it's nice if you're a player. So few courses, quote unquote, get it. Wildwood gets it in every facet, and I'm so happy to always sing their praises. They just do such a phenomenal job, and it's such a fun layout. Oh, I, I love it. If you, if you live in Portland and you like golf and you've never been to Wildwood, make it a point this year to get out to Wildwood. It's it's a spectacular course. You're going to have so much fun. It's not overly difficult, but the, I don't know. I, I could talk about Wildwood this whole podcast, Nick. They just You have drivable par fours, short par fives, but if you hit the ball squirrely, you're going to make a big number. It's just it, they're doing it right up there. Now, one more piece of business before we get to it. Nick, we're almost in June. Mm -hmm. You're a dad. You've been a grad. It's time to start thinking about gifts for the grads and dads. And there's no better way to show the golfer in your life you care than getting them the number one rangefinder. That's the 3 Max from Blue Tees. This baby's water resistant has pulse vibration when you lock in on the correct target and a magnetic strip so you can slap it right on the cart. Save 10% when you use promo code TURN at checkout. That's TURN, T-U-R-N, for 10% off 
any product at BlueTees.com. Show your old man or the young Sparky in your life how much you care with BlueTees. BlueTees. Play different. Now, Nick, our assignment was this. Come up with the three best holidays for playing golf. Before we get into the best, at the same time, I, I, I hope we can do this. On the count of three, can we both say the worst day of the year to play golf? Because I think we're going to have the same one. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. It's going to be like one, two, three, shoot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. One, two, three, fourth Father's of July. Father's Day. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the top two. Those okay. have got to be the top two. The thing with Father's Day is it always obviously falls on a Sunday. So so like most people have Fourth of July off, but but Great not point. everybody does. Yeah. Most almost everybody has Sundays off. And we're playing golf on Father's Day this year, but it's a tournament, so it's a controlled environment. We're not dealing with all the shenanigans, <laughs> although there will be plenty of other shenanigans. Um yeah, Fourth of July though, that that's that's a good one too. Because that's when you get the non-golfers out there. It's like going out to your local bar on New Year's Eve. Memorial Day and Fourth of July are like that. The tourists are out. You want to go to your spot. Yeah. You want to get your usual. You want to watch your sports event, your top chef, whatever, whatever you, whatever you want to do. Your ninety day, whatever's on at your local bar. Love to go to a bar where ninety day fiance. Yeah, what, what do you? What bars are you going? To? Can I get, can I get below <laughs> deck med on the uh, big screen there? <laughs> and you just hang out, and you're going on Fourth of July, and it's just you know it's going to be a six hour round. You're not going to have fun because it's going to take so long. People You're are supposed be stealing to... your balls from the fairway all day long. Yes. You, you were supposed to bring hot dog buns home 45 minutes ago. <laughs> you know there's none left in the store. You messed up by going out. You shouldn't have done it. Last year was the piece de resistance, Nick, and then I'll move on. I was convinced to play at my least favorite course in the Portland area on 4th of July. We teed off at 7 a.m., and then I had to come home. I hopped in the shower and immediately went to the baseball stadium. And I had a doubleheader to do over oh the PA. Oh, boy. It, it, it was actually a fun day. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a long one. Anyway, those are the bad ones. Let's get to the good ones. Now, I'll start with this first one that I've never done this before. I always think about it, usually too late. I feel like I need to plan this a solid month in advance to execute it properly. We're talking summer solstice. In particular, if it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, which it is this year. I don't have the PTO to do this, but if it, it is this year, and I'd love to get out there, call Glendevere, say, hey, guys, I'm trying to play 72 holes today. Mm. They have two courses out there. You start at like 6 a.m., then yep. you get to the next course at 9 a.m., you take a break for lunch. You do 1 a.m. and then 5 p.m. You play a 72-hole event. I love to do it with somebody. I, I feel like you're the only person in my life that would be up for doing this. And unfortunately, you don't live close to Glendivere Golf Course. You know, we could potentially try to swing this for 2024. I mean, like Is if that we right? planned it out, I, you know, I could put in the request with, with, with upper management. And, oh, man. You know, we could try to see if we could make it a thing. Doing this and the Corner Club Open would be tough because you're talking about the Corner Club Open that weekend. And then like yeah. on the Wednesday, it's like, hey, I'm going to hang out for a couple of days, drive to Portland with Joe, and then we're going to play four rounds of golf in one day. <laughs> I think like we'd fun. have to pick one or the other. Yeah, But it's possible. It's possible. It is, it is possible. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I actually played one of my best my best round, I think, ever at Hemlock Ridge on, on Summer Solstice. Uh, I started at 5 p.m. <clears throat> I got I got home from work, yeah. went to the golf course, 
Uh, it was pre-kids. I said, Ashley, I'll, 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 you're not going to see me tonight. And uh, I had a, a decent front nine. I, I teed off for my second nine at like, probably it was around eight o'clock. I don't know. It was, it yeah, was like it just everybody flew. else was packing it up. And I just, yeah. I jetted around and, and finished at nine, a little after nine. Um, yeah, had, had around in the mid to low 80s. And uh, it was great. And it's been all downhill since. See, you're that was playing. Three years ago. You're teeing <laughs> off at 5 a.m. You got to tee off at 5 p.m., which I know is very difficult with what's going on in your life right now with the kiddos. Let me ask you this before we get move on. What's the latest you've teed off before and played 18 holes? Do you recall? Like, was was ever? it then? Yeah. yeah, it was probably then. I don't know. Well, I mean, I used to also, when we were in Idaho, play after work all the time and uh, just zip around. Just on a based cart. on where it is. Yeah. Um, you know, you get, you get late, late nights, late, late days, late. Sunset. For sure. So I probably, you know, gotten 18 holes in after, after six o'clock before I've gotten a couple after six o'clock. There's no, there's no bigger rush than like when you're beating the sun and it's like, Oh my God, it's only been 90 minutes. I'm going to hold 14 right now. This is yeah. unbelievable. And that, I, I think you'd get that same rush with the summer solstice because like the score would almost be secondary. It would be more important, like where you are in relation to the sun <laughs> rotating yeah. around the solar system. Like that would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. The solar system rotating around the sun. I know how the planets work. I just have to get that correction in there. All right, Nick, what's your first one? Um, okay. I'm going to start with Thanksgiving slash black Friday. I love this. And love it. I've been lucky enough to get some pretty good new England weather the last few years since we've been up here, like the last five years or so. And I think I've gotten a couple Thanksgiving weekend rounds in and this is good for a lot of reasons. Obviously, late November, it's bonus golf. Anytime you get to get the clubs out, you know, you're thrilled. It doesn't matter what you shoot. Um, the course is going to be pretty empty because obviously nobody's really playing golf. The weather's going to be dicey enough to keep people away. They weren't really planning on it. And you also get to kind of like, no offense to anybody, dodge some of the holiday weekend things that maybe you... <laughs> You weren't quite looking forward so much to do, and nobody's yeah. really gonna miss you. Like if you if you play at like eleven o'clock on Black Friday, like nobody's like, I really wanted to go shopping with Nick because he's such a he's such a joy to shop with to, <laughs> to, to go to Kohl's with looking for looking for swimsuits for the next summer. Like nobody's gonna miss that. Like no, you know what? You, you're kind of scot free. You're 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 100 right, and <clears throat> I often say when I don't attend a thing with like Lacey's family or like her her uh, friend set. She's like, everyone was asking about you. I say, sometimes it's better to be missed than there in reality. The yeah. legend can build rather than me just being there. Oh, Joe, Joe's hung over. <laughs> Joe's pissed off because he just played golf bad. No, Joe's not here. <laughs> oh, I love Joe. I wish he was here. That oftentimes yeah. is better. Your Black Friday Thanksgiving one is, is spectacular. The one club tournament that I try to play in every year is on Black Friday. And it's a great day to do it because it's like, oh, I, I would love... I would, I'd love to come to Pier 1 with you, but I can't because <laughs> I got this tournament with the boys. You've had it on the calendar for a while. This is the last golf I'm going to play for like four months. I got to do it. Yeah, that's always a good it. one too. Like I, I I might not play again until April. <laughs> exactly. No, Black Friday, Thanksgiving, that's uh, that's a great one. Do you want to go with your next one? Um, Yeah, and I, uh, I put birthday because I've got an August birthday. And as you know, I, I love avoiding crowds. The 20th? Avoid the 27th. God, I, it, it's okay. I'm I knew it was in the twenties. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Anything I can do to avoid social interaction with other people. Um, <clears throat> that's what I plan my day around. And since nobody else is out there celebrating my birthday, uh. like they would on 4th of July, everyone's there. 
Father's Day, everyone's there. Nobody cares about my birthday, especially if it's on a weekday. Like if it's on a Thursday, great. I'm going to have the course to myself. What a birthday present. Do you do you take your birthday off from work? No. Really? No, I, I don't. You, you're okay working on your birthday? I'm totally fine with it. Okay. I also put my birthday on there. When's my birthday, Nick? It is August of 1985. <laughs> that is very... It's like August 17th. That's pretty close. 14th, yeah. 14th, yeah. Pretty close. Um, yeah, my birthday's great. Get out there. Get loaded. Play whatever course I want. Get out there with who I want. One time I've done it. Several times I've done it with my dad, my buddies. 2020, I did it with Lacey, which was super weird and fun. We just <laughs> brought a shitload of cans of wine and <laughs> got loaded. And she played like eight holes. When she was doing good, she played. And when she didn't, she picked up. We went right over to my folks, had a big barbecue. It was a great day. Yes. It's awesome. Playing golf on your birthday is spectacular. We're very lucky in that our birthdays fall in prime everything season. I love having yeah. an August birthday. I always have. It's it's great. People always want to do stuff. Like it's never cold. It's always it's always warm in August. Yeah. I'm going to do my last one and this is my yeah. favorite one. Okay. You ready? Mhm. Labor Day. Labor really? Day is the holiday. Now, to your point with Thanksgiving Black Friday, that is like this is it. We know this is it. But with Labor Day, you can kind of convince yourself like, all right, well, football season is starting. I'm going to have less people out there with me. This is my end of season hurrah. I've been playing a lot, so I'm probably playing well. And courses are going to be in spectacular shape. You're not going to find golf courses in bad shape unless they're too burnt out, which you can still get, get around in Portland. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't, it doesn't rain in August. It never does. So you're going to have courses in great shape, end of season hurrah, and maybe, uh, oh, you guys, you guys forget Michigan is playing Florida. Let's you guys want to stop in the clubhouse. College football just started. Let's go. Let's get a beer. We'll hang out, get some lunch, get back out there, catch the end of the game. It's just a confluence of so many good things. Maybe some leaves are starting to turn. It's like really, really hot, which is nice because it's like, well, the heat's going to go away. So you got to soak it in while you can. Just so many good things going on during Labor Day weekend. And it's not really thought of as like a traditional shitload of people playing golf holiday. So I think it's a sneaky one too, which is why it's my favorite. Okay. Yeah, you definitely got me convinced about that moment on the calendar. I still a little skeptical of the crowds. Mm. <laughs> but that's just that's just me. Again, I do whatever I can to schedule my life around when I'm going to have to interact with the fewest number of people. So that that could just be me. I, uh, I've I, not really had problems with people on Labor Day in terms of like big crowds. Fourth of July, Memorial Day, yeah. like those proper days, 100% Labor Day. It's kind of ambiguous, especially if it's on a, like a like if you play the Saturday, there's going to be college football. I like to play in that that Saturday specifically because the college football really thins the herd. Yeah, there was a lot of really good Sundays in September for golf when the courses were empty, when you had the Patriots on, when Brady oh, yeah. was still up here. Sure. That, that was prime. It was like, I'd be out there. Where the hell is everybody? I'm like, oh, oh, Patriots game day. It was it was, it was so clutch. So you're saying um, Mac Jones, there's uh, there's still people out there. They're, they're yeah, not, the going Sundays aren't, aren't quite as thin as they used to be. <laughs> sure. My last one is Mother's Day. Talk and to me I about have this. Yeah. I have not been able to take advantage. Um, I'm not in a position to to be doing that. No. But we went to we went to Connecticut for Mother's Day recently, and we drive past a golf course on the way to my in-laws' house. And normally it is just packed 
connect with mm. people. And we drove past and it was like 1030 in the morning on Mother's Day. And there was not a soul on the course. And I yes. look at the thermometer on the car. And I'm like, it must be like, is it, is it really cold outside? <laughs> nope. It was like 64 degrees. I'm like, oh my God, this would be prime golf time because Mother's Day is not typically a day you use it as an excuse to get on the course. You usually prioritize other things. But if you're not in a situation where you have kids or your mother is long distance or you've got like dinner plans or, you know, you've, you've shuffled your weekend around so your Mother's Day obligations aren't happening between like, I don't know, 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. on that Sunday, that is the time to be on the golf course. If you have a mother in your life, who wants nowhere else to be but on the golf course, that's also a great day to take uh, to take Mother's Day on the golf course. I kept getting all these emails because I'm a member yeah. of all of the golf course email lists and all the go- golf courses around. Mothers play free on Mother's Day. There's all these Mother's Day promotions. And I didn't really put it together until later that they, they're starving for business on Mother's Day. I think that's right. I don't really see how you're going to take advantage of this I'm not going to the, the, the rest decades. of your life. I, mean, <laughs> I think I think I think you missed the boat. But for yeah. those of us who could take advantage, I don't think I'm in that boat either because I live ten minutes away from my mom. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense because you're right. It is the it's 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 is it always in May? Or does that one fluctuate? No, no that's Easter. Yeah, I'm thinking of Easter. Sometimes it's in April. Sometimes it's in May. But no, you make a really good point that no April and March is Easter, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Who gives a shit? So Mother's Day is really, really smart because you're going to get some good weather. And if you can go out there with mom, I I would see this is what kills me about my mother. She met my father on a golf course. She has won club championships in the past. I don't think she swung a golf club in 20 years. I got to get her back out there. Is she the only Simons with a club championship to her name? No, both my parents do. No, this this generation is still. lineage. I know. This generation is still. Still without one. Oh, my parents are so disappointed in me. Look, I got a while to go. Okay. Maybe I can win a net one this year with my 10.0 handicap. But I'd love to get out there. I'd love to get out there with my mom and play sometime. She's turning 70 this year. So I'm trying to make that be the thing that like gets her back to the golf course. I don't know. I hope so. Because that would be a lot of fun to get out there on Mother's Day with her. It would be. All right. Let's do a quick recap before we move on. Uh, Best holidays for playing golf. I said Labor Day, my birthday. And summer solstice, Nick, would you say? I've got Thanksgiving slash Black Friday that whole weekend. My birthday I also had on there and, and Mother's Day. I think those are solid lists because neither one of us went with like Fourth of July, Memorial Day. <laughs> like that's that's some weak yeah. shit. I, I think we did it right. I love and the summer solstice one. That That's the dark horse. That's the secret <sighs> winner of, of the bunch. I was I was pretty happy when it came up with that, and I do think we may need to forego a corner club like to to do that. I, I yeah, I think I've that would be a yeah. lot. Instead of finishing three shots out of the money of the corner club, we could We're just have a memorable fourth in the day. Silver, fourth in the bronze <laughs> division. <laughs> How'd you do? Oh, I missed the money by a lot. It was fun though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, it is time for our Mad Golfer of the Week. It's brought to you by Piper Golf. Use the promo code Turn Ten at checkout for ten percent off everything at Piper Golf. Golf balls for plus ones, that's no one here, and 25s, now we're talking, for a much, much less than a Titleist or Callaway. The season is here. Stock up using promo code turn at checkout at piper.golf. Now, Nick, very rarely I see a response to a negative review that I have to read because it is so well done, and that's what we have here. So, I can't folks, wait for this. 
stick with me, but this is one of the best responses to a review I've seen since we started doing this probably a year or two ago. Here's your mad golfer. It's Adam Jones. Quote, the staff, excuse me. (laughs) No, I think it's the former Baltimore Oriole. So this is, this, this is, this is from quail run. This is the course that I played that I couldn't recommend enough. My buddies, this is this is our favorite course in Central Oregon. We're already going to, we've decided we're going to play there again for our trip next year. This is Adam Jones, quote, the staff was upset about a, quote, cooler problem, which was resolved before teeing off. They claim we lied to them. However, they lied when they said they were too busy for nine players, even though they had multiple tee times available. Unfortunately, they enjoy yelling at people for a misunderstanding. So Adam probably thought I'm I'm a little steamed. I'm going to put this on there and that's going to be the end of it. Adam, you were wrong. I'm going to need a drink of water before this because it's a long one. Okay. From Quail Run, quote, okay, just to clear the air here, your group was not kicked out for being a bachelor party. Your group was asked to leave because you were deliberately and immediately breaking the simple rules that were very clearly stated to your group at check-in. First of all, we continuously asked how many players were in the group and were told repeatedly the total was eight players. After your first foursome teed off, your second group went to the first tee and there was an extra player. For pace of play purposes, we do not allow fivesomes. It was obvious that the second group that should have been a foursome was intended to play as a fivesome. We don't allow fivesomes because of pace of play issues, which you ironically addressed in your review. So we handled that issue immediately before it could escalate into a problem. And maybe we all could have moved past that issue. But then we noticed that your group decided to bring a large cooler full of alcohol that was not purchased from us. The golf shop staff made it very clear to your group at check-in that outside alcohol is strictly not allowed, but you still tried to sneak it in out there by taking the cart to the parking lot and picking up a cooler full of beer. As would be expected, intentionally breaking the rules and trying to, quote, fool us did not go over well. It is against the law to bring alcohol onto an OLCC licensed premises. You are breaking the law and putting our employees and business at risk. Have you ever been to a bar that allows you to bring in your own beer? No, because one, it's illegal. And two, it's that it's part of businesses sales to sell alcohol to patrons. And number three, we have to be control of the sales and consumption of alcohol. By deliberately breaking the rules and sneaking your own alcohol, you are not only hurting our business, but also putting our employees in the facility at risk. These rules were made very clear to you when your group checked in. We did not kick you out for being from out of town or part of a bachelor party. You did not receive terrible customer service. We respectfully and graciously checked you in, and made you aware of the rules that we ask of every patron. Some groups have been an issue in the past when they don't follow the rule, so we are sure to state them clearly to avoid damages before they occur. We asked you to leave because you chose not to follow these simple rules we have in place to protect our business, which is disrespectful in itself. Quail Run is frequented by bachelor parties in large groups on a regular basis, most of which are willing to follow these rules. We don't kick them out just because they're bachelor parties to ruin your weekend. We always lay out the rules, and if anybody chooses not to follow them, then we ask them to take their business elsewhere so we can that protect our facility. You were most certainly not singled out just for being a bachelor party. 
It is our hope that every visitor feels welcomed and enjoys their experience here, but we have a zero tolerance policy for anybody who is willing to put our business at risk because they refuse to follow a few simple guidelines. It was your choice not to follow the rules, and the consequence of that was we asked you to leave. Perhaps you should have some accountability and take some responsibility for your actions rather than posting a false and inaccurate review. Fuck you, Adam. I added that. <laughs> just incredible. It's it's incredibly well written. They make excellent points and they just rip this guy to shreds. I love it so much. Quail Run, I love you. I love you guys. Wow. That is incredible. Maybe we should take our summer solstice summer solstice to Quail Run. <clears throat> oh my god, buddy. That's that's four rounds and four tuna melts coming our way. That would be incredible. <laughs> sounds great. What a day. So there it is. That is your mad golf course of the week. I love that. That's so good. You've raised the bar, Joe. Now you're going to have to find reviews with responses from here on out. I looked. They had they had two or three of those types of responses to people. They were not copy-paste. They were individualized for each asshole that tried to attack mm. them online. And with that, it is time for Nick Rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. All right, Joe, we're going to try to get through this week's Nick Rules. It is the rules for Team USA for qualifying oh. for the Ryder Cup because there has oh. been a lot of controversy with Brooks Kepka winning the PGA Championship. Mm. Um, Three times. Randall Chamblee, Chamblee making whatever statements he's making about why Brooks and Liv Golfer should not be included yeah. in there. <clears throat> it's hard to look around the room and say, like, which side do I want to pick? Because you're like, well, like, okay, I don't really want to pick the live golfer side. And then you're like, okay, there's a lot of, you know, good guys in the PGA Tour. And you look, you see Brandel speaking and kind of being like the voice there. And then you're like, well, I don't really want to eh, go with him either. And you're yeah. just kind of like, all right, well, let's just read the black and white. Like, what are the rules? Okay. So for this year's Ryder Cup, there are six automatic qualifiers and six captain's picks. I should state before we even start, Brooks Kepka is number two in points right now. <laughs> So this may not matter. It may apply to other live golfers. Maybe it'll apply to Brooks by the time the time the other majors are over. Here's the qualifying system. So there's two years of qualifying. The first year is weighted not as heavy as the second year. So basically, you can't just lock up a spot by getting having a hot month uh, two years before the Ryder Cup. 2022, you get one point for every $1,000 you earn in the majors and a half a point for every $1,000 you earn at the players and the WGCs. Just those just those tournaments count. Okay. For 2023, starting January 1st, you get two points for every $1,000 earned if you are the winner of a major. You get one and a half points for every $1,000 earned in the majors if you're not the winner. Got it. With me so far? So if you win, you get an extra yeah. bonus. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, you get one point for every thousand dollars earned at regular PGA tour events. So now every single week starts to count, uh, for how much money you make. And there are no points available for opposite field events. So basically like the, 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 the Bermuda thing, when, when everybody else is playing the majors, it, it, that doesn't count opposite field. Yeah. Yeah. Qualification ends on August 20th, 2023. So basically after the majors, uh, I think there's a couple or maybe tour the start of yeah, yeah. the tour championship. So that is how that works. So it's, it's not necessarily strictly PGA tour based, but obviously 
If you're playing the PGA Tour, you can earn points every single week. If you're only playing live, you better win some majors because that's the best way to accumulate points uh, for this system. Well, we talked about it a few weeks ago, and you made the point of you would like to see one of the live guys play so good that there's nothing that the team captains could do. And Brooks has essentially done that already. I mean, he's finished second in the Masters and first in the PGA Championship. It seems really unlikely that anyone is going to vault him unless, you know, five guys all have incredible next, what, three months? It seems pretty unlikely. And they asked Brooks about this before the PGA, and he said, well, it's going to be tough to keep me off if I go second, first, first, first in the majors. And he's (laughs) he's, he's so far so good. No American has beaten Brooks in a major. Damn. (laughs) They were halfway through. No. No, no American has beaten Brooks at one time, and it was Phil Mickelson, which is pretty hilarious. <laughs> I mean, are we just crazy not to put everything on Brooks finishing top five in the U.S. Open and the British Open? Like, he's going to finish top five in at least one of those, and he might win. Like, I think we're back to the point with Brooks where he's just, anyway, I'm digressing. I think it's black and white. If a guy qualifies via points, he needs to be in the Ryder Cup. There's just no getting around it. And... Zach Johnson knows way more about golf than I do, but if Dustin Johnson is available for a Ryder Cup team, I'm going to pick him. I'm going to pick <laughs> Dustin Johnson. That's just me. Seems smart. And that is Nick Rules. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout at Matchstick Golf. I don't know if this news is embargoed, but if you're playing in the Corner Club Open, uh, your tee prize is bitchin'. Nick and I got a little sneak preview of that. Mm. Um, it may be the sponsor, one of the sponsors of this podcast, um, it's not coffee. That's my hint to you right now is that you're not going to be eating coffee, but it's going to be pretty good. Here's the thing, Nick, I'm coming to Idaho with a single digit handicap. That's going to happen. I, you know, like when people talk about bottoming out, that's where I am. Rock, rock bottom. I am at rock bottom right now. Rock bottom and I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to build myself back up to where I was. All I want to do How about is this, hover- Joe. Go, go ahead. Let's, let's make, make it a pact. Let's make it a pact right now. Go, let's go. That we tee off in the corner club open with handicaps. I don't care if it's a tenth of a point or four strokes, but just better than what they are right now. Please, for the love of God. Okay, so as of Memorial Day, I'm a 10.0, you're a 22.0. <clears throat> the corner club open starts Saturday, June 17th. So we have essentially less than three weeks to improve our handicaps by point by point one. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's possible. It's one. Literally, if I break ninety once, no, if I break, I, I have to break ninety every time I play. That's that's beside the point. I should be able to do that. That's that shouldn't be like a pie in the sky dream. That should that should be like a reality every time I'm teeing up on the seventeenth hole. It's like I have a couple good holes I break ninety. We got to go back and listen to our conversation with John Stabler again. You're not protecting a score because you haven't made a score until you knock in the final putt on 18. Play with creativity, play with athleticism. We got to listen to it again. I got I got I, I I need I, I might just pay John. I I might just go buy yeah, the whole just, package. Just pay him. You know what Ashley told me? She said Nick, I think you're trying too hard. I said, no shit, I'm trying too hard. But if I try less hard, it's going to get even worse. I'm like, do less. It's like my house is on fire. 
and like I, I don't have enough water to put the fire out and like just trying too hard to put the fire out doesn't mean I should stop trying <laughs> We should probably wrap up because you just described your golf game as my house is on fire. <laughs> yeah. It's no big I think deal. we're going to be it's fine. Totally cool. It's I think we're going to be so fun. It's, as long as we're having fun. So wait, so we're going to, we're going to get 17 strokes then if I go in as a 10. Well, you, you, you'll go in as a 10 and I'll, I'll, they'll make me a 17. Oh my God. So we're so going to we'll get 13 get and a half strokes. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I'm back. We're winning the corner club open 13 and a half strokes at the U of I golf course. That's what we're saying. All right, no one's listening. Let's just end the podcast. Happy Memorial Day. Get out there in the summer solstice and uh, play 72 holes, would you? I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.